stand with me, please? Today, God, we thank you for the events that have taken place and the recognition for years of service, Lord, for my dad, our pastor, and we thank you that the work carries on. We honor you today, and for those that work in the kingdom, we thank you for the power of the Almighty, the righteousness of our King. We pray that you will, Lord, bless as we hear the word of God and that you will be with us. Praise your name for all that you're doing. Keep Brother Field safe as he, Lord, goes to Chile. We're praying for his wife. Keep her safe. Pray for her mother. We honor you today and give glory to you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated, too. And because of the lateness of the time, we must be sure that we're out at 3 o'clock today. So I'll, it's been a while since I've said that to you. <laughs> so I just need to make sure, Lily, don't try to go watch the 49ers. <laughs> we, we don't even go there. <laughs> I started um, a couple of few weeks ago in Ephesians, and even though we're, even though this is still the prayer that. Paul gave, I've given a different title to this. I'm going to concentrate on verses 20 through 23, and just because of the time, we may come back. depends on just how the Lord gets me through this area. Ephesians chapter 1, just again picking up with verse, six, verse 16. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power... Toward, uh, toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ, whom he raised from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. Gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So when you have a person that's, that's with you here, just want to say, your granddaughter, God bless you. Thank you for being here. How you doing? the title for this message. I've given no persons nor power compares to Jesus. No person or persons nor power compares to Jesus. I did not give Anisha some of these other passages and I'm going to just read a couple of them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 14. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Revelation chapter 19, verse 16. 
on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No person nor power compares to Jesus. No person nor power compares to Jesus. Power in the wrong hands can be disastrous. You you hear me? Power in the wrong hands can be disastrous. If power was not important, then people would not be willing to spend staggering amounts of money in politics to earn a salary that could never add up to the amount that they spent to be elected. In prison, power is important. Wherever you go, power can be seen to influence for good or for bad. People who have no power try to act like they have power. They will often pretend pretend to be someone else with power in order to be able to exercise control. One of the reasons that God and especially Jesus are so resented is because of the power that they possess. It is not an earned power. Get that. It is not an earned power that God and Jesus has. It is a power that resides within their very being. Within God's being, he is power. It was Paul in his prayer of thanksgiving for the Ephesians who spoke of the immeasurable power of God that we just read. The power that raised Christ from the dead is available to the saints. Get that now. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to those who are in Christ. Christians are hated often because of the inheritance that they have in the Almighty God. The fact that they have an inheritance in Christ. When so many groups and entities seek to stamp out the Christian, they are seeking to remove the power that is in Christ and which we now possess from being in him. As his name is all-powerful and stands above every name and authority, so those who are called by his name, the Christians, become the envy and target of those who do not possess that power. Religions and people are often accepted, but when you say the Christian, they are shunned. We are shunned because of the power that Christ have and has and that he possesses and that we have because we are in him. Point one, power from God was seen in the raising of Christ from the dead. Power from God was seen. The raising of Christ from the dead. The power of God has not changed. The power of God is displayed each day that remains the same. The Lord says as long as the earth remains, the sun will rise and it will set. It talks about the stability of God. When the Lord shows us the fact that you can trust creation, the fact that you know there's going to be mourning, it talks about the dependability of God. The Lord doesn't change. He doesn't 
Change like shifting shadows. He can be trusted. You can take that to the bank. That same power that raised Christ, that immeasurable power is given to us who believe in him. Do you not know that the enemy, when he sees you and sees the Christ that is in you, the fact of the matter that he shudders because of who resides on the inside of you. And we often don't even know the power that we possess because of being in Christ. And so, therefore, we live this life of defeat, even though we should live an overcoming life because The power that resides in us is the same power that raised our Savior from the dead. Cover-ups are for the purpose of hiding the truth. Do you realize that? When something is covered up, it's for the purpose of hiding that which is true. I would dare to say that we have all been involved in cover-ups before. When I was told to clean my room, I went in there. My goal was to get outside, so I tossed stuff under the bed, in the closet. Closed those doors until we no longer had doors on the closet. Had to figure out some other type of cover-up. Put stuff in different places, because why? I wanted to get out of there, but I had to cover up. Cover up, cover up. People are involved in cover-ups today to hide the truth. Truth be told, I didn't want my parents coming in and looking and saying, what did you do? We told you to clean this room, not move stuff around. My motivation was to do something else and hide it. When Christ was in the grave, the soldiers that were placed there to prevent Christ from rising or to keep the disciples, as they said, they were trying to prevent a cover-up. But they themselves were involved in a cover-up. Even though they came and told the religious leaders the truth, they were involved in a cover-up because the truth of the matter that he didn't stay in the grave. He came out of that sepulcher. Death could not hold him. The power of the Almighty God raised him from the dead, and we have that same power today available to those who are in him. So the cover-up was to prevent the power of God from doing what he said would take place. It was the soldiers who told the truth, and the religious leaders told them, rather the religious leaders, of what would happen at that sepulchre. Why is it important that truth be revealed? Because it dispels darkness. It dispels lies. Why is it so important that the media lie to you and not tell you the truth? Don't let truth out. Keep people in the dark. Because truth be known, they think that you would change your mind. Don't tell people that God created this world. Tell them that a big bang happened. Tell children that things are constantly evolving. If there was true power really within individuals, you would rarely see people dying because they would prevent it. People would stop death because their loved ones were dying. they say, no, I'm going to stop it. But people don't have that type of power. Only the Lord God has power 
to tell death where to go. And it's the Lord who says the same power that raised Christ, that immeasurable power, resides in those who believe. There has not been a person, there has not been an event, there has not been anything that's been able to stop the power of the Almighty God from being displayed. Power from God was seen in the raising of Christ from the dead. Do you know how powerful that is? After three days being in the grave, the power of God raised him, and not only him, others got up from the grave that had been dead years before. Only the power of God could do that. Point two, his name and power stands without equal. Ephesians 1.21 primarily. His name and power stands without equal. There's a Greek word, upereno, used in verse number 21. Far above, far above. That word upereno means high above. You can compare Ephesians 4.10. Maybe this word was intended, it says in my, in my, in my reading, to contrast Christ's position with that of the powers which in the magical papyri were thought to dwell to dwell above. There were thoughts that powers were, were above or dwelt in the atmosphere. And the Lord God says, His power, Jesus' power, is above all power. There's nothing that rises above the power of the almighty Christ. He stands unequal. Jesus' rule and name is not just a little bit above yours and mine. But there is no comparison. He stands without equal. Those who try to bring him down and says, well, he was just a man. The God of the Bible says that his name is above all names. He stands without equal, high above, upereno. When scribes were translating the Bible, they didn't want to use the name Yahweh. See, the Hebrews, prior to the 6th century, they had no vowels. It was only consonants. And it was the 7th century that they began to take vowels and to insert And they had to come up with a way to be able to place vowels there. But in the Hebrew, there are no no vowels. When you look at God's name, when they saw Yahweh, they wouldn't say the name Yahweh. They wouldn't say God's name. Why? Because they thought if we say God's name, perhaps we might blaspheme God's name. Perhaps we will say his name. And and therefore, the Bible says one is not to take God's name in vain. Treat God's name holy. And they were concerned that if we say God's name, we might make a mistake. And so when they would come to God's name in the Bible, they would skip over it and they wouldn't say it. And so they, they, they had the word Adonai. Which means Lord. It can mean the Lord God Almighty or a title Lord with a small L. 
And when they began to put those vowels in, when they began to introduce a vowel into the Hebrew into the Hebrew uh, alphabet, they used, and even before, but they used the name Adonai to fill in the letters of the, of the Hebrew Yahweh. And they took the word Adonai, the name Adonai, which meant Lord, and inserted those letters where we get the name, full name, Yahweh, the Jehovah. There were about five names in the Old Testament by which God was known by confidence. You see, Jehovah, Yahweh, El, Elohim, and Adonai. When you talk about the name of God, that there's no name it says, above his name. You see, people are so concerned that saying God's name, they had to come up with different ways to say it because they didn't want to take his name in, in vain. His name was so holy. They reverenced God. They, they revered his name. They didn't want to say it. You don't see that today. Only God's name's holy. It, it was that name in John chapter 8, verse 58. When the Lord said before Abraham was, they understood the importance of that name. That name, he says, I am what God used of himself in Exodus chapter 3, 14. So when they saw that name, the religious leaders really knew because God's name was so powerful. It was above every other name. They understood the significance. And when Christ ascribed to himself the name that was only known for the Lord Jehovah, he said, you blaspheme. Yahweh was known as the personal God of Israel. He's a personal God. He's not some theoretical God, some thing that somebody made up in their mind. God is an awesome, powerful God. Names of God, Jehovah Elohim. We see him in Genesis 2-4. Been involved in the creation, the redeemer also of his people. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. When there needed to be a substitute with Isaac, when Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, God provided a ram in the bush. Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Find that in Genesis 22, 14. God will provide. Romans 8, 23. Another name for God, Jehovah. That name, because that name Jehovah was often partnered with other names. It was brought together. Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15, 26. He's my healer. He heals me of all my diseases. That included physical healing. You see, when the children of Israel were obedient to God, the Lord not only promised to bless them spiritually, but he also promised to bless them and heal them of their infirmities, of their sicknesses. Now, why is that important? Because when the Bible says, when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, Prior to that time, there was no sin. But the moment they disobeyed God, sin entered the world, and death became a part of the plan. And therefore, the body automatically begins to decline. But the Lord says that I'm going to be your healer. He calls their clothes to grow with them as they travel through the desert. 
Who ever heard of your shoes growing with your feet? Your big feet. <laughs> Some of y'all got small feet. Who ever heard of your clothes not wearing out? Who ever heard of you getting fed in a desert? Two million plus people. Wasn't enough trains to bring food to them people. God supplied the need. The Lord, my healer, eat this and it'll take care of your body. I'm sure there was no peas in that manner. I don't like peas. <laughs> the promise of God as their healer was conditional upon obedience. Don't obey, then expect to suffer the diseases that accompany life. But obey God, and I'll bring you through an arid desert to the promised land. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. When the Lord told Joshua, go out and fight. I believe it was the Amalekites. And Moses was up on the mountain, and as long as he held his arms up, the Bible said that they won. He was victorious. But the moment his hands became to, began to come down, the Israelites began to lose the fight. And it was Aaron and Hur that got up there and were holding his arms up. And as long as his arms are held up, those arms held up, the Bible says that Joshua and the Israelites won, would win. So because of the battle and the longness of the day, they sat Moses down. And both on each hand, they raised his arm. <laughs> it was against Amalek. The Lord showed himself as their great banner, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. <laughs> and to commemorate the battle, there was an altar that was built. The Lord is our banner of victory in the battle. And Solomon says, his banner over me is love. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. When Gideon built an altar there, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, it was Gideon <laughs> who was called to go fight the Midianites thought he would die. Jehovah assured him that he would live and lead Israel to triumph. He became Jehovah our peace. Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Y'all know the song. He maketh me what? Where is that found? Psalm 23. He is my shepherd. The Lord, my shepherd. You see, shepherds protect sheep because sheep will just follow each other right on off the cliff. Sheep are not smart. I know you want to be smart. And I did not call you sheep. The Lord did. He said you're sheep and you need a shepherd. But thank God we've got a shepherd. That can keep us from being eaten up by the wolf. <laughs> Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah 
23.6. Oh, when you think of God, our righteousness, Jehovah, sit canoe. In his days, Judah will be saved. And Israel shall dwell safely. Jeremiah 23.6. Jeremiah wrote, or rather Paul wrote concerning Jesus, our Savior, Jehovah, Sabaoth. Not Sabbath, Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts, S-A-B-A-O-T-H. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. Elisha found that the Lord of hosts surrounded his people in times of attack. <laughs> the Lord of hosts you find in Second Kings chapter 6. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there is what that means. The Lord is there. Ezekiel 48.35. When we think of the names of God, there's no name above his name. Jesus Christ, he's been given the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You find that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Go back to 5 through 11. Every knee one day is going to bow to that great name because his name is above every name. Muhammad's going to bow to him. Caesar's going to bow to him. Herod's going to bow to him. Krishna's going to bow to him. You and your great name will bow to him. His name is above every name. Trying to capture ways to capture the God. And get this, these names are not all, they're, they're, you, you, can't, you can't exhaust God's name. Trying to capture who God is, just a glimpse that power that raised him, that name that's above every name, the Lord that is seated at the right hand of God, that same power resides in those who know the almighty God. Let me say this. I've got to bring this to a conclusion. I ain't going to even get, get, be able to get further today. When you look at these names of the almighty God, it says, 21, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, listen to this, not only in this age, but also in the age to come, any principalities, any powers, physical and spiritual, all are under Christ and in subjection to him. All things are under his feet. He controls everything. There is nothing that is not within the authority and power of God. When the Lord was raised from the dead and he went to be in heaven, he took again the position of authority that he had before the foundations of this world. Do you not know that God says that if you belong to me, you are seated in high places with Christ, that seat of authority, and we look and we walk around as if we are defeated. It's his name that's above every name. His authority that's above every authority. And he's seated in the, pot, in the place of authority. And he says that same power resides in those and you have access to him and the power that he possesses. So why are we walking around defeated? It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done. Don't let anybody tell you there's another name. 
under heaven given by which we must be saved. There's only one name. That's the name Jesus Christ. Today, people will take God's name and use it in vain. Where back in the old days, in the Bible days, they were even scared to say his name. And then when they began to look and say, in the name where God should be placed, one of the writers in the 16th century, uh, 1526 to be exact, he, he began to write the name under Jehovah or Yahweh, Adonai. So when they got to that name of God, they began to know, oh, they would say the name of the Lord, Adonai. And so they said, we can't see God, but we can say, they say, Lord. So in the Old Testament, you don't really see the name God. You see the name Lord. And that's though the God of all creation. He's a great God, and he's your God. Stand to your feet. The power that Jesus has, that he possesses, is for the believer. It's not for those outside of Christ. We have victory and authority in him. Not to do our own thing. So when you want to tell yourself some bad news, tell yourself some good news. (laughs) That he's at the right hand of the Almighty. This Jesus, who was raised from the dead, is now seated in heavenly places. The power that he has, he possesses, he has. All authority one day will be subject to him. Well, subject now, but he will be carried out at the very end when he comes To gather his church home. Death will no longer have its sting. You ought to know that you're somebody in Christ. There's no power. There's no name. Above Jesus. If you don't know him. What are you waiting for? Please bow your heads. If you don't know Christ. He makes himself available. And just says. Just say yes to my will and no to sin. It's as simple as saying, God, I'm sorry for doing it my way. Forgive me, a sinner. I accept the Lord into my life as Savior. Now help me, Lord, to walk out the life that you have called me to live. And when I blow it, help me to repent quickly. And keep going. That's what it is. You don't have to take a long trip to Mecca or New York or any place else. It's a simple repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. Right here, 639 Drake Avenue, Marin City, right now at PICF, you can be set free. Then for those who know the Lord, the same power that sets you free, Help you to live for him now. Lord, we pray right now that we will recognize that the name, that immeasurable power of God that raised Christ from the dead, the name that's above every name, we pray that we'll honor the Christ, the Savior, the King, the Holy One, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. We pray in the name of our Savior that we will recognize that Jehovah Shalom, you are our peace. Oh, my God, may we understand and know that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Just like we see the weather patterns stay the same, the sun comes up and sets God, you can be trusted. We honor you right now for being the king of glory. We pray that we will live according to your perfect will. 
We honor you and we bless you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.